Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Stability under stress is being produced in the Apostle Paul's life, and he wants it produced in our life as well, because his focus, his perception, releases the daily renewal of the Holy Spirit in his life. Or to say it another way, the daily renewal of the Holy Spirit comes in to the heart that is open to it. Did you know that your perseverance in the midst of pain and suffering is evidence of God's power at work in your life? Today, Pastor Jim shows us how that fact alone can give purpose to our troubles. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Fighting Off Disappointment and Discouragement. Are you trying to be Christian without the Word of God and the Spirit of God and just being kind of a Christian person living off old manna, or are you seeking a fresh word and a fresh empowering from the word of God? Paul told the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You read the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit's help. You study the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit's help. And then you live out what God has been telling you to do. The ancients, they would never say, well, I know it, but I'm not living it. They would say, well, then you don't know it. (laughs) You don't know it. Pushback. Well, I don't understand the Bible, Pastor Jim. Anything worthwhile takes time. Anything worthwhile takes time. And the Lord has made us to be dependent on him. Did you know that? That's the way he has made us, to be dependent on him, to put our trust in him, Every day, Jesus said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because today's got enough to worry about. Walk with me today, and I'll walk with you tomorrow. How? Well, you start by daily opening up the Word of God, and again, as we said, passionately asking the Lord to come and to meet with you and to make Himself real to you. And in time, we will begin to sense an awareness of the inner renewal that works against and sometimes crushes the effects of our trouble. You'll start to say stuff like, man, that used to wreck me for a month. And now it was a day, five minutes. Didn't even really seem to be that big a deal. Look at this promise in verse 17. Again, more perspective. For, or we might say because, our light affliction. It was what we read about him. That didn't sound like a light affliction, did it? And it's been going on for years. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, another version says momentary, is working for us. So in your trials, in your difficulties, in your troubles, if you look at it at just face value, you're like, this is awful. 
He says, actually what's happening, that's what's happening on the outside, but on the inside, God is working something in you. Another version says he's working in us. Another one says he's preparing in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So after contrasting the inner and outer realities, he now contrasts the short-lived pain and trouble of this life, and he calls it light. Light, as in not heavy. Do your troubles feel light to you? I feel like a big burden. But what he does is he contrasts it with eternal glory, which he calls a weight, which he calls heavy. So what's his perspective? God is using our pain, which must be endured for a short time in light of eternity because he is working out something much greater inside of us, which will carry into eternity. So he's teaching us that this perspective is how we don't lose heart. This perspective is how we don't give up. This perspective is how we get better at handling our problems. Instead of just running, we can be more focused and more faithful. Now you know this. Most, most, not all, but by far most of all of our troubles of the past have been forgotten, right? You see someone, and I'm not talking about the big ones. I'm talking about all those little annoying ones. You see someone you haven't seen for a few years. Oh, last time I saw you, you were going through this and that and that. And you're like, gone, gone, gone. Like, you forgot about them. But what he's telling us here is someday, all of them will be forgotten. All of them will seem insignificant. Romans 8.17 after talking about how the Holy Spirit confirms to all people who've put their trust in Jesus Christ that they are children of God, he says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, we're going to inherit something, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So what is he saying here? He's saying in 2 Corinthians that our light affliction produces a ton of glory. That which seems so difficult now, he's saying you could actually carry in your back pocket. But the glory that it's producing, eternal glory that it's producing, but that's at work now, you're going to need a fleet of tractor trailers to haul it. It's not going to be light. So who does that happen to? in people who are willing to carry the affliction with the help of the Holy Spirit instead of running from the affliction, instead of quitting. Not only does the Lord want us to trust Him under the weight of our troubles, He wants us to see that a focus, that a perspective on eternal glory will help lighten the weight today. So by taking this perspective, by saying, Lord, this right now is awful. It's awful. But I know that you are working something in me wonderful. And I know that when I meet you face to face in heaven, this particular trouble is going to be seen for the glory that you were working in me at the time instead of the difficulty that it poses for me right now. 
and I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to trust you, and what will happen? That burden will get lighter. He said, I have to do that every hour. You might have to. You might have to. Now, he's not saying your pain doesn't matter. He's not saying that at all. He's very open and honest about his pain. Remember when we were in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your care upon him, upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He's not minimizing the pain. He's telling us how to deal with the pain and that God is at work in the pain. See, the problem is if we only look at difficulty from earth's point of view, it's spiritual death. It's spiritual death. We will start making all kinds of irrational decisions based upon the moment and what we think seems best. We'll be all over the page. People will be like, look at that guy. He's all messed up, right? And we'll think we're doing the right thing because we've got only an earthly perspective on it. God is at work in our trouble. God is at work through our trouble. Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. Did you hear that? Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. And a vision of eternity, a vision of what God is actually doing, even though you can't see it, produces faithful, persevering in our lives. And so what is he telling us here? What we really need is a daily vision of eternity. And then he takes us to verse 18. He's moved us from a perspective on the inner renewal. God renews us day by day as we're fellowshipping with him to helping us to see that our suffering is temporary, but God is doing something great with it. And now he tells us the application of it, if you will, how to do it. To stop being so focused on the seen and be more focused on the unseen. And you're saying, Pastor Jim, much learning is driving you mad. I can't see it if it's unseen. Not true. Not true. Verse 18, he says, While we do not look at the things which are seen. Now let's stop there for a second. That does not mean we are totally irresponsible. Honey, you forgot to pick up the kids after school. I'm not looking at the things that are seen. I'm very spiritual. That's not what it means. Your boss calls you up and says, you know, you haven't been at work the last two weeks. Uh, we would call that job abandonment, and you're fired. I'm not looking at the things that are seen. Well, don't be looking for a paycheck to be seen, okay? <laughs> he's not talking about irresponsibility. What he's saying is, when he says, we do not look at the things which are seen, is that is not our primary focus. If our primary focus is on the things that are seen, we will be constantly eaten alive by disappointment and discouragement. He says, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for, or we could say because, the things which are seen are temporary. One of the Bible paraphrases said that it's here today and gone tomorrow. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Do your troubles seem meaningless to you? They often seem meaningless, don't they? You turn on the news. People gun down. You go, that, that's just meaningless. I mean, how could God bring any good out of something of that? Or something happens to you in your life and you're thinking, 
this is completely meaningless, God. There's no way you could do anything with this. And God says, and this is God turning us right side up. God says, I know you think that your trouble is meaningless, but it's the exact opposite. It's actually very meaningful because it's producing something in you. And when you see it's producing something in you, that's how you can have hope. Hope, remember, not, oh, I hope it works out. Hope is certainty. That's how you can have certainty. And that hope, that certainty, that renewal, that seeing these things as temporary leads to seeing the unseen and the eternal world and living before God here as being more important than the seen world. So you begin to see as you're renewed, as you take on the heavenly perspective, you begin to say, you know what? What's going on inside me and what's going to be going on in heaven is more important and more relevant than all the stuff that's going on around me that seems like it's meaningless and insurmountable. Therefore, he says, his motivation, his actions, his heart, his service, his thoughts, his prayers flow out of the eternal realities that are unseen instead of his disappointments as real as they might be. And that's how he says, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up on this because I know that though I feel weak, that these trials are light compared to the strength and the eternal weight of glory that God is growing in me. Perception, loved ones, shapes our lives and an eternal perception of the reality of glory will constantly fight off the temporary discouragement of this life. It will knock it out. It will be down for the count. Stability under stress is being produced in the Apostle Paul's life, and he wants it produced in our life as well, because his focus, his perception releases the daily renewal of the Holy Spirit in his life. Or to say it another way, the daily renewal of the Holy Spirit comes in to the heart that is open to it. But if we're fighting with him, oh, so bad now. Oh, now, 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 now. Everything is now. Nothing is right. Everything is meaningless. We are poor recipients of the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Glory, not his present trouble, is his obsession. It doesn't mean he doesn't address his present troubles, but he's not obsessed on today. It's important to see that, that what we live and what we hope for has a huge influence on us. Huge. Glory, not personal comfort, is his goal. And he has found that living for eternity Fixing his gaze on eternity fills his heart with hope, even though everything around him seems to be falling apart. The members of the Corinthian church, however, they're in a boatload of trouble and they don't even see it. They have fixed their eyes on the wrong things. 
That explains why they are so spiritually empty, even though they think they're so spiritually full. They are not ready for. They are not prepared for fighting off disappointment and discouragement. They are prime candidates to lose heart. They are prime candidates to quit. They are prime candidates to fall away. You know that with your friends that have fallen away. What has happened to most of them? They have lost heart. They have lost heart. They were unable to see the inner realities that were going on of the unseen world. Nor did the Corinthians seem to own their own faith. Guys, we each have to own our own faith. Do you picture yourself meeting God and being able to blame someone else for the lack of faith? It was his fault. Well, who's he? (laughs) They didn't own their own faith. So what did they start to do? They didn't like the truth of, oh, you have to suffer, forget that. So they started chasing false teachers. They went back to the ways of the world instead of being renewed day by day and being strengthened by the Spirit of God. But the apostles show us, and the apostle Paul will in the next section, that hope in another world, hope in a resurrection body, brings the joy of the Lord today. Like Jesus Christ suffering on the cross in your place for your sins was followed by resurrection, great suffering followed by resurrection, followed by ascending into heaven and the glory of heaven. The same is true for anyone who will turn to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Yes, there will be suffering now, but Sunday is coming. Resurrection is coming. Ascending into heaven is coming. Glory is coming. And that makes today tolerable. That makes it easy not to wilt under all these things that go wrong in this life. Without that confidence, without longing for eternity, without owning your own faith, without seeking to be renewed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, transformation is virtually impossible. Because we're not using all of the things, the means of grace that God has given to us to be transformed. But for those who are willing to let eternity captivate our hearts. Friends, we have to be heavenly minded to be any earthly good. If we are not heavenly minded, we are worthless to the area in which we live in. If we are so focused on today and the now, we will help no one. We'll become a club. And that's church death. Death to become a club. We have to be heavenly minded. And if we are heavenly minded, we are looking beyond the moments of today, we will not lose heart. We won't. Will we struggle? Yes, of course we will. Will it be hard at times? Of course it will. But we'll say, you know what? You can throw all that stuff at me, but I'm not quitting. I may be messed up in the head, right? But I'm not quitting. I'm still following Jesus. I'm not going to quit and become inactive. I'm going to stay active and I'm going to stay at it. John chapter 14, the night before Jesus was crucified at the Last Supper, he said this to his friends, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do you know Jesus just equated himself to God? Did you know that? Verse 2, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to, look at this word, prepare a place for you. Verse 3, and if I go and, look at this word, prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And where I go you know, the way you know. Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, he said, but through him. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you will not go to heaven unless you go through Jesus. You have to put your trust in Him. You have to confess your sins. You have to tell the Lord you know your sins are against Him and be willing to turn from your sins with His help and be willing to put your trust in Jesus Christ. It's been well said that our hopes determine our habits. Let's reverse it for a second and say our habits show us our hopes. What we do, how we live, shows us our dreams and our goals. And we live in an American Christian culture that is almost entirely focused on today. We live in an American Christian culture where our gospel promises so much and asks so little. And that explains the widespread discouragement upon God's people. Because we are an entitled lot in the Church of America. We feel like God owes us instead of looking at the glorious work that he is doing inside all of us. But those who see glory, those who see the unseen, those who see a grander reality aren't selfish. They don't quit. Why? Because they can't quit. They persevere. And they continue to serve others. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. That comes through changed habits. That comes through self-denial. That comes through the power of the Word of God mediated to us through the person of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit bringing the Word of God to us. And they're evidences of God's grace upon renewed people. Renewed by the Spirit of God. I know it's easy to feel like you want to quit. I know. I was joking before, but I know what that feels like. I know a lot of you guys think like, well, you're just a machine. You just keep going and going. You don't feel that way. I do. But I know there's more. I know there's a lot I don't see. I know there's an eternal weight of glory that I don't see and that you don't see. And you're never going to regret hanging in there. Never. It's not going to happen. We fight off disappointment and discouragement by looking at what we can't see. We look at a resurrected king on a throne who awaits for his children to come home. We fight off Disappointment and discouragement, realizing there is an invisible God who is at work in all things, preparing all people who have trusted in His Son, all those who have received mercy for the mansions that Jesus is preparing for us. You see, Jesus is preparing a place for us while the Holy Spirit 
is preparing us for that place. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't become less active. Don't be lulled to sleep. Don't lose heart. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.